You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Here today, it is July 8th. 2021, and on today's show, we discuss the middle two games of the National Series against the San Diego Padres, a win and a loss to talk about, and some guys coming off the injured list as well. The Nationals getting a bit more healthy as the All-Star break approaches. We'll have a breakdown next. All right, let's get into it. A couple games for the Washington Nationals. Over the last couple days against the San Diego Padres, it is a four-game series. The Nationals are currently in right now, and they have split the last two games. So right now in the four-game series, the Nationals lead 2-1, to one, the chance to win it 3-1. to one. In San Diego tonight at 9-10, we'll preview that game. But first, the middle two games to discuss in this series, and the Nats lost 7-4 to four in the Tuesday night contest, but... A good piece of news came back out of this because Eric Fetty came off the injured list to pitch this game. Uh, That was not something I think a lot of us had seen coming. He'd previously been on that injured list and just came off of it. And so Dave Martinez was wondering, hey, who's going to pitch this game? Uh, You know, could it be Jeffrey Rodriguez? Could it be Paulo Espino? Really no clue. And then the news broke late that uh, Eric Fetty had been activated and he was ready to go. No pun intended. Uh, Fetty took, takes a loss in this game, four and a third, eight hits, six runs, six earned, one walk, two Ks, and a home run. His ERA jumps to 4.53, but still, I think they'll just take the fact that he's coming off the IL right now. Um, the performance, yeah, obviously it was not there, but they are really glad that they were able to get him back um, in this game. This Look, this was a fun game. This was a game that went back and forth, and it looked like Fetty was in a good place for the first few innings, but in the fourth, uh, Will Myers goes deep, a three-run home run that makes it 3 to nothing. The Nationals answer in the top of the fifth with a three-run home run from Josh Harrison to make it 3 all. The Padres came back in the bottom of the fifth, though, and they added three runs of their own. In the sixth, Juan Soto went deep to make it a 6-4 to four ball game, but then in the seventh, Will Myers doubles and scores a run, so final score being 7-4 to four there. Look, Nationals offense, you know, the front part of it wasn't very good. Escobar and Turner go a combined 0 for 9 with a walk. Uh, Juan Soto goes 2 for 4 in this game, so he's starting to heat up a little bit. But uh, Josh Bell also rough night to 0 for 4. So that part of the Nationals lineup really didn't come through for them besides Juan Soto in this game. Middle of back part, really good. Castro, Gomes, and Harrison. Between them, they get six hits. Obviously, Harrison drives in the three runs, so it's good to see. That part of the lineup, picking things up in this game. And look, some of these games are going to happen where just a really good offense comes at your defense and does a good job. They were 6-for-12, that being the uh, the Padres, 6-for-12 with runners in scoring position in this game. They made a lot, uh, the most of those opportunities. And for them, not a great outing they got from Ryan Weathers, but still they were able to hold things up with their offense and their bullpen. Pitched very well. Uh, they gave up one hit in the final four and two-thirds innings that are pitched in this game after they took over. Uh, Adams, Pagan, Hill, Pomeranz, and Melanson all closed the door. 
for the Nationals, Clay, Finnegan, Machado, and Rodriguez all come in in relief and only give up uh, between between them one run total. So a good job for those guys in relief. And obviously, Fetty is still coming off the IL and still getting back for the Nationals to put up some offense. You know, lose this game, not the end of the world. Once again, we're looking for 500 baseball here in this last seven games, considering the opponents. You might say, well, we're looking for more than that. Of course you are, but but being realistic, in a stretch where you're playing right now three consecutive, actually five consecutive teams, that would be in the playoffs. Right? They played the Mets once, they played the Rays, they played the Dodgers, they played now the, uh, the Padres, and they're going to play the Giants. Five consecutive groups uh, you're playing that are playoff teams. It's important just to keep your head above water against such strong competition. And the Nationals were doing that for the first two games of the series. We'll talk about their win they got in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded, newer sponsor here with Locked On Podcast Network, and we're really glad to have them on board. Fully Loaded Chew is the best tobacco-free long-cut pouch tobacco out there right now. It gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to with tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with full-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All their nicotine pouches are dry, white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Teen listeners a special offer right now. You can try for just $1. That's right, $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. And just $1 in free shipping if you use that promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew at FullyLoadedChew.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers available at rockauto.com. Why spend up to 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216 at rockauto.com, and they are a family-run business serving and do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years and the best thing about them, their prices are always reliably low. And the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com today to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so the Nationals bounced back last night in a big way against the San Diego Padres. It is a 15-5 win. All of the Nationals writers, at least Mark Zuckerman, I think a couple other other of them too, were talking about football terms with the way the Nationals were scoring last night. Their 15-5 win sees them get 15 runs on 17 hits. They played a very clean game uh, too. No errors, and the, uh, the, the Padres end up having three. They get six innings of strong work from Patrick Corbin. Six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, uh, three Ks, two walks. This was a really strong performance from him. One of those performances that they need more of, 106 pitches, bridges the gap, lets them go late in the game. And then Kyle McGowan got roughed up a little bit in his two and a third innings. Jeffrey Rodriguez threw a final third of an inning 
to close the deal out. Chris Paddock takes the loss. Two innings, nine hits, nine runs, eight earned, one walk, two Ks, and a home run. And the Nationals, they got this party started really early in the game. I talk about sustained offense. Uh, sometimes you don't need to when you put up as many runs as the Nats did early on in this game. Three runs in the first inning thanks to a Juan Soto home run. He homers in back-to-back games, beginning to get into form before his trip to the All-Star game, in which he will be in the home run derby. I think Kyle Schwarber uh, was going to figure into that before his injury. And then in the second inning, we see Josh Bell come alive. He drives in uh, a couple runs as well with a single. Starlin Castro singles in, and he scores two more runs. It's 7 nothing Nets at the top of the second. In the third inning, two more, thanks to Robles and Escobar. Guys, the entire roster is contributing. And also, the Nationals made it a double-digit lead before the Padres had anything to say about it. In the fourth, Josh Harrison singles to center. Stalin Castro scores. Nationals also this game get runs driven in from Gomes, Harrison, and Para. Castro again in the ninth inning. And really, this was a team effort. The Nationals offense has shown without Kyle Schwarber in this series, at least, away from home, an ability to step up. Uh, you know, they've scored in the last two games 19 runs total, obviously. Uh, those came in the last two, but also they added seven in game one. So you're looking at a team that in the last three games has scored 29 runs all on the 29 runs, 26. They scored 26 runs all on the road. That's a really good clip to be scoring at uh, away from your home ballpark in a situation where you're, you're missing your hottest hitter right now. The offense is just wheeling and dealing. Uh, once again, it was uh, guys, you're kind of your, your box score for the night. Escobar, one for five. And look, he may not be as hitting as hot as he was first couple games, but still, he's hitting 381 for them with a th- 435 on base percentage. Small sample, but he's still really contributing well. Trey Turner, he goes uh, two for five in this game. Juan Soto goes two for three. With two walks and three runs driven in, Josh Bell, a nice three for six evening. Starlin Castro goes two for six with three runs driven in. Jan Gomes, two for six drives in a run. Josh Harrison, three for four with a walk and three runs driven in. Victor Robles, who's really struggling at the plate right now, goes one for four. Gerardo Parra comes in and goes one for two and drives in a run also. So the Nationals offense beginning to click just a little bit here in this part of the uh, of their road trip. All right, one more break from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll preview tonight's game, talk about where the Nationals figure right now in the National League East. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. You guys know the deal, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, hockey is now over. Congrats to the Lightning, not really, but congrats to the Lightning. Um, yeah, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, football, uh, whatever it is you want to bet on, MMA, boxing, UFC, UFC, a big card coming up this weekend, too. Whatever it is you want to bet on, they've got it at betonline.ag. You go there today, sign up. It's free to do so. Use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you will receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, bucks, we will give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the Washington Nationals right now have gotten themselves back to 42 and 43, just one game under 500 right now. They're two and one on their current road swing. They've got a chance to win a third game tonight in this series. They've now taken back hold of sole possession of second place in the division. The Mets are 45 and 38. 
the Nationals are 42 and 43, just four games back. The Braves at 42 and 44 are four and a half games back. The Phillies at 41 and 43 are four and a half games back as well. The Marlins at 38 and 47 are eight games back right now. Before we get into tonight's game, I want to thank uh, one of our listeners, and I have to I'm pulling up right now on Twitter. But uh, once again, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. And I got a note from Suzanne, one of our great listeners. She says, great Nationals coverage, but I need to tell, let you know that we are on daylight time during the baseball game, uh, during the baseball season. Games are listed as Eastern Daylight Time, and I have been I have been bad about that. I've been saying, I'm sure I've actually said this, Eastern Standard Time sometimes for some of the games. So moving forward, when I preview them, I will make sure that I uh, I will make sure that I specify that we are no longer in Eastern Standard Time right now. We are in Eastern Daylight Time. So tonight, for example, your Nationals and Padres game is taking place at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for those of you here on the East Coast. 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and we're getting a tremendous pitching matchup tonight. For the Nationals, it is going to be Max Scherzer, and for the Padres, it is going to be Yu Darvish. Now, what's interesting about this matchup is Yu Darvish is going to be representing the San Diego Padres on the All-Star team, amongst other Padres players. And for the Nationals, Max Scherzer will not be representing them on the all-star team. Now, if you look at, and I, I did a little bit of this the other day, so I don't want to do it all over again, but the numbers for Max are are better than the numbers for Darvish. And this is why I was a little upset that Max is not on the all-star team uh, compared to Darvish. Just across the board, Max is having a better season in many categories. Right now, this is one of Max's best seasons that he's ever, I mean, he's on pace to have his best season statistically ever as a pitcher. Uh, just in terms of like where the earn run average is, not K's though. K K wise, if Max were to double his output right now, that would put him uh, right above 250 K's. That is, you know, he's had. I mean, he's had a bunch of seasons where he's been over that uh, in his prime. Last year, the Tigers 252, 276, 284, 268, 300, but he did go down to 243. So Max has not had a 250 strikeout season, uh, at least 250 strikeouts since uh, 2018. So Max has a chance to approach that this year. And look, he is throwing some great ball right now. As of late, he is on a really good run. If you look at the run that he was on in the month of June, now one of those starts was cut short to uh, due to an injury. But the four starts he made in the month of June, he had a 1.42 ERA. You go back and you look at, at May, a 1.3 ERA, and he made six starts uh, in that month. So right now, Max is throwing some of his best ball. In the last start, he made six innings, four hits, one earned run, uh, and ten or eight Ks rather. That was against the uh, the Dodgers. So he was able to get them. And look, he, he's pitching his best ball. He's going up against some good lineups lately too. He's going up against the Phillies lineup twice. He's going up against the Dodgers recently. So he's faced some decent lineups here in the last month. And he's doing a really good job against them. Now, not as much length as what we're used to seeing, right? Max usually see him go seven, eight innings. He has not been, well, not always seven or eight innings, but he has not been into the seventh inning uh, in over a month right now in his last four starts. He has not, but he's still getting through five, still getting through six, usually throwing at least 100 pitches per each start. But Max has done a really great job and uh, looking to build on that tonight against Darvish. 
who has been spectacular as well. And I don't want to diminish you Darvish's performance by talking about Max and saying he should be in the All-Star game over him. It's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to acknowledge the reality that, look, Max got snubbed for a couple guys that he should not have gotten snubbed over. I've been talking about um, those guys like Darvish and, and those guys like Trevor Rogers and, and those guys like uh, Herman Marquez, right? You know, all those guys have great claims, but Max's season has no doubt been, I think in my opinion, better than all of theirs. Yu Darvish coming off a six-inning start in which he actually had a, struggled a lot. Six innings, six hits, four and runs, two homers for Darvish in his last start. The month of uh, June was a strong month for him, 3.07 ERA, but still a little bit up from his previous performances, previous months. And uh, it is, it's been basically two months since we've th- seen him you know, throw some innings of shutout baseball, have a shutout start. So it's been a couple months for him since he's put a start like that out. He's 7-3 and three on the year with a 2.65 ERA. He's at a 1 point, uh, 1.2. He's got 123 strikeouts and a .95 whip. And once again, going back to our friend Max Scherzer, if you look at Max's numbers on that uh, on that kind of that plateau, uh, Max's have been um, a little bit better when you when you look at the starting pitching numbers and where he is in those categories. For Max this year, the ERA, like I talked about, it is uh, 2.10. Max is seven and four records. We don't really count. They're basically the same though. 127 strikeouts, so four more Ks. Once again, small margin, but still. Talking about all-stars, it's meaningful to mention. And a .85 whip. So not a lot of variety, but when you're getting down to low numbers, like a .85 and a .95, the gap begins to actually widen some. As somebody talks about mixed martial arts a lot, we always talk about weight classes. And so we say, hey, yeah, this guy is a uh, a flyweight. And the difference between a flyweight and a guy who's fighting at bantamweight, which is 135, right? You might think, at hey, 125, 135, not much of a gap. But when you get between those small weights... That is a lot. Of, that is a lot of weight to cut to get from 135 to 125. Same thing we're talking about whips. We're talking about a whip of 0.95 and 0.85. Getting to those points, it, it's a lot more difficult when you're that low of a number. To get a 0.85 whip as opposed to a 0.95 whip, one of those is consi- not super considerably better, but it is markedly better than the other one. We're talking about fine margins of quality like that. And, and don't get me wrong, both of those numbers, 0.85, 0.95, both of them are quality. So both these guys, quality pitchers, should be a good matchup tonight for the Nationals. Head to San Francisco for a three-game set this weekend with the Giants, which will conclude their seven-game road stand and conclude the first half of their season. I think one thing is is clear as we head down the rest of the way. If the Nationals can go 2-2 two and two, uh, the rest of this road trip, right, if they end up going 4-3, and three, the Nationals are going to be within five, six, seven games of the New York Mets, I think it's safe to say that at this point, with the way the Mets have performed, with how mediocre the division has been, the Nationals, they might not be outright buyers, but I think it's hard to act like the Nationals are going to be sellers at this trade deadline. They're getting to a point now where they're in second place. We saw how hot they got and how easily they cut that lead from nine games or whatever it was to the Nationals at one point, all the way down to two games. So for the Nats right now, you know, they're in position. They keep up this quality of play. If the offense can keep helping them out, if Scherzer gets a win tonight, you're definitely looking at a scenario where the Nationals are playing with a lot of confidence. Want their chances head into the All-Star break. I like their chances to be positive on the road trip. If they win tonight, they'll be three and one on the start of their road trip. So the Nationals are in a good spot right now, not the you know, considering their injuries. Um 
And on that note, last thing I want to bring up, Daniel Hudson has been activated and he is back. So luckily for the Nationals, after a long period of time of struggling, well, not long, but a considerable period of time of having to use guys like Espino, Voth, Suero, uh, Sam Clay, in spots where we don't typically see them, the Nationals are getting their bona fide eighth inning guy back. So Nats building that bridge to Brad Hand gets a little bit easier in games where they've got the lead. Thank God for the Nationals getting Daniel Hudson back. It feels like every single time the Nats get somebody back, it feels major because this team, it's not the deepest team in the league. They've got some quality, but not the deepest team in the league. So getting guys like back like Hudson are major, major uh, milestones for them in this season where the injuries have just been ravaging the team itself. It looks like Steven Strasburg is on a good track as well. Hopefully we get to see him after the All-Star break. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JoshNabors underscore. You can follow the show at, uh, at LL underscore Nationals. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.